Welcome, everyone, to Life Changing Moments. I'm Sharon Wyckoff and delighted to be with you. I want to acknowledge the beautiful music I have that begins and ends the show. If you're interested in her music, her CDs, she lives in Northern California. And you can go to angelicahealingmusic.com, angelicahealingmusic.com. She's a beautiful soul and has given me permission to use her music. So today we have a wonderful, very, very full program of Peaceful Parenting and More. As I was looking back at the other programs, I think I've done a similar program, but I've changed the steps around. So this is really an important one because we're going to be looking at the way we were parented. So that's a new addition. And I'm actually laying out all 12 steps today. Um, I do do this in a six-week program because it takes time for these steps to go uh, to be processed it takes time for us you know to work with our children but um here are our 12 steps uh for you today and i hope you really enjoy if you really are interested in this you may want to get a paper and pencil because i have lots of resources for you about peaceful parenting and just life in general with children so, um, where do I want to begin here? I think that I want to just talk a little bit more because we're going to hop right into the steps in just a minute. But I want to talk just a little bit more about this idea of the way we parent sometimes is the way our parents parented us. So it really can be a life-changing moment when we get this, aha, you know, where did I do that? Or where did that come from? We might hear a voice in our head saying something to us. And we might ask, you know, where did I, where is that voice coming from? Is it my father? Is it my mother? Is it my sister? Um, Sometimes we pick up these things from other people. And sometimes it's beautiful to do that because it's a very positive uh, act we're doing. But other times we can be unconscious about it and not do it with our own thought. Um, So I'm just going to read one of the things that I wrote here, a paragraph from the introduction. One of the components of peaceful parenting is to reflect on the way in which you were brought up. Understanding what traits and parenting ways we have unconsciously adopted from our parents is important. With conscious awareness and mindfulness, this can be explored. Sometimes we automatically act or react in our roles as a parent, the way our parents acted toward us. As I said, sometimes this is positive and sometimes it's not. What you can begin doing is becoming a watchful observer of the way you parent. Just step back and kind of maybe above yourself and look down and observe yourself as you're parenting. And it can give you a great um, 
a great reflection of what's going on when you step back and step away and just kind of detach yourself and thinking, oh, look at what I'm doing here. And we don't want to judge ourselves. That's not what we're doing this for, because if we're judging ourselves, we're really saying, oh, you know, that's not right. You can be discerning and choose what you want to continue and what you don't want to continue. Um, but at the same time, shifting what you're doing is really the answer because that truly shifts everything in your family. And you can stop perhaps patterns that have been passed on to you. So that's the main thing I want to say there. Um, so we're going to hop into the, uh, the 12 steps. This is a 12 step program just because it turned out to be 12 steps. It's not actually associated with what the 12 step work is, but there are 12 steps to it. So peaceful parenting, basically, you just want to stop and sit down and take a rest. Get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, and just sit down and breathe. Because so often, we don't do that. We don't sit down. We don't stop. We just keep going, going, going. Because there's a lot to do, right? You know, I observe my my daughter is a beautiful mother of a four-year-old, and she is on the go 24-7. It's just amazing, you know. Um, no wonder parents become parents <laughs> in their 20s, 30s, and sometimes early 40s. Okay, so we're going to take time out, sit down, and breathe. And that's all you have to do for step one. Step two You're going to look around and just observe what you see in your home. What's going on? Um, Is it fairly well organized? Is there um, a continuity to what you're doing? Is there an organization to your home? Or do you have 101 toys on the floor all at the same time? What's going on? And again, it's not going to be for um, judging yourself, but just taking inventory and seeing what is there right now. Step three, you're going to listen in on conversations or if this is at night. I know I used to love to sit down after the children were in bed. I've always been kind of a night owl. And just sit in my living room or in the family room and ponder the day and reflect back on what the children did and what I did with my husband. So just sit back and listen to either the conversations going on or what did take place. What was the tone of the conversation? What were the interactions like? Was there a peaceful quality about them? Or was the tone of one of tension? I was at a um, special event yesterday and talking to one of the folks there and um, the mom and grandmother were both there and were so amazed that these two children, I think they were um, nieces and nephews of each other, um, they all of a sudden were just loving each other and having such a good time. And usually there had been some tension between them. They were like six or seven years old. 
And they just observed and thought, oh, my goodness, isn't this interesting? So things can change, too. And that's what this is all about. I'm going to give you some tips some practices some tools of how you really can convert your home into a peaceful, one of peacefulness. So you're going to listen to the conversations. And step four, you're going to watch them and just really um, be that watchful observer. So that's what those first steps are. And then after you have it, and I invite you to take a day for each one of these, a day to look around, take observations of your home, a day to really listen to the children, and then another day to watch them. And then at the end of the time, you're really going to write down your observations. What did you see in your home? What did you listen to and what did you watch going on with your children? And just allow that to really sink in. What did you, what did you observe? And this step four is a big one. So, you know, it takes a time. When we do the class, we actually do, um, Sometimes two steps together, and sometimes we have a week just on one step. And this would probably be a week when we would have uh, the entire week to do this. And then you want to write down what are your strengths as a parent. I always keep coming back to this. What is already going on and what is working for you? It's so important to start there. What is working for you right now? And then if you see something you want to shift, you can write that down also. You know, I really want to shift uh, perhaps my tone of voice or perhaps the, the schedule of the day. But you want to focus on what is going on already because you want to build on that. You don't want to throw everything out. You already have some beautiful practices, no doubt, in place. And you want to keep those in place so that the children have continuity. And then you want to build on top of that. And this is wonderful if you can do it with your partner, with your spouse. And yet, if you don't have their cooperation, you know, you can you can actually do it on your own and just bring them in when you see it's necessary. So. We're going to take a break in just a moment before we go on to step five. And then, so I'm going to have quite a few resources for you then. And I want you just to reflect during this short break. It'll be some instrumental music playing, maybe a minute or two at the max. And really reflect on what your strengths are as a parent. I always like to go by threes, you know, uh, what's your three strongest strengths? They could be listening to your child. Um, It could be really acknowledging them for what they're doing right. It might be that you always have dinner together. That's one of the things my kids, we were talking recently, I have grown children 
And one of them was saying, you know, mom, you always had dinner together at the same time. We always came together for dinner. And so, you know, what are your strengths in your family? So we're just going to take a minute or two break, listen to some music and reflect on your strengths. And we'll be back to step five and lots of resources. Enjoy. As we come back now, um, I was listening to the music also, and I just want to um, acknowledge that, you know, toward the end there, or once in the middle, it was kind of building. And it reminds me of a piece called Bolero. And I'm just wondering if you had any, um, if, if, it, if your thinking process kind of, went along with that, you know, was there something that was kind of coming to a crescendo, you might say, when that piece was building. So I hope you have some strengths down now and really acknowledge those. Keep them close by so you understand what you um, are doing in such a beautiful way. Okay, so next we want to look at, um, okay, my Got my steps mixed up here. Uh, we're going to look, first of all, number step five is to make that decision. Make a decision. I think I actually gave you a declaration. Maybe not. I can put one on my website if you want. Um, 
a way of making a declaration. You might say, you know, I intend that this house is one of peace. Or my intention for our household is one of peace. And truly think about that and embrace that wholeheartedly. Just embrace that wholeheartedly. Because everything you do from that point on is going to depend on the the depth of commitment you have to that intention. If it's just like, oh yeah, I'd like a kind of a peaceful house, you know, what can we do here? Not too much is going to happen. But if that is just what you really want in your heart of hearts, that will happen. I know when I worked in preschool and kindergarten, especially the preschool though, I just naturally hold the intention that that is going to be a peaceful setting. So I would see children beginning to fight or something, and I would just go over to them and facilitate that. When they're little, you have to facilitate that. Oh, I see you both want that toy. Well, there's only one car, so we're going to have to have it take turns here. You know, maybe Billy has it in his hand, so he's going to have a few minutes, and then we'll let Tony have it. And you have to really facilitate that. And this is going to come in in a next, in a step later on. So you have to really be committed to whatever statements you make for step five. And then in step six, how were you parented? The book that I used to facilitate is called, um, it's by Pam Leo. Here it is. Connection Parenting. And it's a beautiful book by Pam Leo. And in it, she devotes a whole chapter to having you really look at the way you were parented. Um, she also has you to, to write down your strengths, just as me I mentioned earlier, and also the challenges you have. But to really um, look at the way that you were parented so you can better understand what's taking place in your life. Let's see if there's something I wanted to share here. And this is what we do in the six-week class. We really have you share the way you were parented, whatever aspects of that you want, because telling your story is important. It gives you an opportunity to try to bring everything together that you're sensing, that you're feeling, to really share. And when we speak something, Sometimes we really acknowledge, you know, the depth of that, of what that meant to us. So it's a very powerful opportunity. And they also do one-on-one coaching if that's something you want. But this is, the the book is Connection Parenting. So some of the things you might want to look at for this, uh, this, this particular uh, step six. What was the discipline like? And your family.
Um, for us, it was usually just a conversation, but my father had a belt. And when things got bad, I think he used it on us twice or three times. He would use a belt on us, craziness. And, um, you know, that just seems unbelievable now. But, um, you know, how were you disciplined? Another thing to look at is how were you connected to your parents? Did you have a open connection where you could really talk to them easily? Or was it something that you were kind of moved around like on a chessboard, you know? You've got to do this. You've got to put your clothes here. You've got to have breakfast. Um, when you're talked to in that way, there's a detachment that happens, I believe. And there are some books out on, um, think of that. I didn't bring one over, I don't think. Anyway, about the detached parent, the, uh, the parent that's not there, the invisible parent that really is not present for you. And that can actually cause a trauma in itself because when we are not really parented, we don't have their attention. And so we don't gain that self-esteem that most children do. So the connection that you had with your parenting is very important. And um, uh, the the la- uh, third thing I'm going to mention is, did you have times of celebration that were really fun, that were really um, times to just, you know, have fun, let go? So those are three different areas that you might look at. And another one, well, I've mentioned a couple more coming to mind here. Um, Was there any addictions going on? Was there smoking around? Was there drinking around? Were there drugs around? Because all of these things have major impacts on the way that we are as people and also possibly the way that we um, interact with our children. So those are some things to look at there. And the seventh step is to educate yourself on the subject of peace. Deepak Chopra has a book called Peace is the Way, and it has activities in it for every day. So this is one of the books I wanted to share with you. Peace is the Way. It's just a wonderful practice. Um it has different activities for every day of the week. Oh, my marker's out of here. Where is that? Flipping through here, just to see there's one thing I can easily read to you. Hmm. So I'm not finding it. Okay, yes, here it is. Sunday, being for peace. Uh, they suggest you talk for five minutes or meditate for peace. This would be for your older children. On Monday, thinking for peace. Today, you can introduce the intention of peace in your thoughts. Take a few moments of silence, then repeat this ancient prayer. 
Let me be loved. Let me be happy. Let me be peaceful. Let my friends be happy, loved, and peaceful. Let my perceived enemies be happy, loved, and peaceful. Let all beings be happy, loved, and peaceful. Let the whole world experience these things. And so he has beautiful thoughts for each day of the week. Tuesday, feeling for peace. Wednesday, speaking for peace. Thursday, acting for peace. Friday, creating for peace. And Saturday, sharing for peace. So again, this is uh, Deepak Chopra's book, Peace is the Way. And a beautiful book for children is Children as Teachers of Peace. And it's written by the children because their children have um, their stories in here. But it's edited by Gerald Jampolsky, J-A-M-P-O-L-S-K-Y. He's uh, an MD and author of Love is Letting Go of Fear. And he has many, many beautiful pieces of artwork in here. And one little boy wrote, peace is only on the moon. And then he's showing the moon. Another one, uh, peace is natural. With a profile of a child smelling a flower that's coming from a vase of flowers. And then another one, age six, has a pictures of a little girl and a boy there and birthday presents and says, peace is a birthday party. And the last one I'll share is, peace is lying down under a pine tree with my rabbit licking my hands clean. <laughs> and it's a beautiful picture outside with the rolling hills and um some sh- um shrubbery. So again, this is Children as Teachers of Peace by Our Children. And the author, editor, editor is Gerald, Gerald uh, Jampolsky. And it dates back, let's see, when did I pick this up? 1982. So it's been around for a while. And there's a great bookstore, uh, well, a couple of them. Powell's has older books as does thrift books, if you can't find it in the store today. So when you start educating yourself on the the subject of peace, then you become much more um, knowledgeable about the different aspects of it, and that can be very helpful. Number eight. Create two or three guidelines for your homes. You don't want to have a lot of rules because you can actually integrate most actions under a couple of different uh, guidelines. We speak kindly to one another. We act kindly to one another. And we... Create friendships, but they're not a family. One of the things I did with my kids, if they had had a little argument and we talked it through, then they would come together and cross their hands in front of each other. And then the other one would, they'd be both hold hands and go up and down 
friends forever. And we still have this saying in our family. We have that one, friends forever. And the other one is that sometimes if you were in a movie and you couldn't say anything to your children, I would just hold their hand and squeeze it three times for I love you. And then the fourth time, a little bit harder for more. And my growing children and I still use these um, sayings in our families. And now my daughter, um, the auntie of the grandchild, is passing this on to her her nephew. So, and the, the mom is also talking to the little one about this too. So, it's fun to have these things pass on. And step number nine is really a big one. And that is when you decide that you're going to have 24 to 36 hours where you can truly dedicate yourself to shifting the consciousness in your home and interacting in a very peaceful way yourself. This is why we look at the way we parent, because when we parent now, we want to be in a peaceful mode. And shift every interaction that is not peaceful. You can intervene very quietly and just say, you know, that didn't sound like a very nice way to talk to your brother. Can you say it in a nicer way? And it's just a beautiful way to start shifting the consciousness. And if you address this, in every way, in every situation, children get the idea of what's going to be taking place and they begin to shift. It doesn't take too long to see that shift coming up. But it's best if you can dedicate 24 to 4, 36 hours um, to do that. And so uh, we're only going to have one break today. So when we go at the very end of the program, <clears throat> I'm going to invite you um, during the ending music. Um, just to reflect on what one situation is in your home right now that when you get to this point that you want to shift. It might be the tone of voice. It might be one if your child likes to hit the other one. Um, it could be anything small. And it's best to start with something that is um, concrete and you can put a different action into place. So that is step number number nine. And then at the same time, 10 comes right in there with it. You want to begin acknowledging the cooperation whenever you see it or when someone's using a really nice tone, tone of voice. I really like the way you said that. So you can continually do that. Acknowledging what is working is so powerful. Um, years ago, I was working at a private school in Southern California, and I had heard about this um, character education training. And so I asked the principal if I could do it and then bring it back to the school. And I did that. It was a weekend training. It was just so powerful. And we brought it back to the school. And so we started implementing very much similar things to this. And it was acknowledging what was going right with the, stu- with the school, with the students, with the classrooms, 
um, with when classroom was moving from one place to another, and it was done in a very nice way. We'd acknowledge that. We would acknowledge each other. So it was very powerful. So this can be brought into the schools also. Step number 11, encourage each member of your family to follow their own interests and develop their talents. And this, again, very much applies in the school system, too. You want each child to really learn who they are. And that's one of the things I love about um, in the family to have one-on-one time. So you spend a special time each week, one-on-one with each child so that you can get to know that child and they can you can have your own special relationship. When an adult and or a child is doing what he or she loves, it can be a very positive focus. In addition, it channels one's life force into fun and positive activities. When children really don't have anything that interests them, one of the things they can do is start trouble, you know? If they aren't being acknowledged in a positive way, many times they like the negativity and the negative in it, um, influence. So the negative attention, I should say. So acknowledging each child for what they are interested in and really letting them know that you care and you know what they like. And this can go all the way up into adulthood. I remember one of my children many years ago wanted to go to Mexico to help with a building of a, I think it was an addition onto a church or an addition to a house. I'm forgetting now. And I really encouraged her to do that, even though it was an expensive summer. And I didn't realize until later she came back to me and she said, you know, Mom, it really meant a lot that you supported me in doing that. So that was a high school student. You never know when um, something's going to make a difference. Okay, I want to go back to one other thing. We have just about four minutes here. So um, I want to go back to... Number, well, it doesn't really fit in here, but I'm going to talk about it. It's really important. Okay. Yeah. And I guess when you're really spending time reinforcing the positivity and interacting with children so you know that everything is positive, you make an impact. And so you set up this life momentum in your family. So it's really an extension of this, which is step nine. And then if something goes awry, I have found, you know, something significant, making a big deal about it is really, really important. For example, if there was a, you know, you talk about peaceful communications and two 10-year-olds really start fighting and hitting each other. You know, stopping it and really taking time to acknowledge that they could have hurt each other 
that this isn't the way we do it. Yes, you're going to have differences, but you want to take the time to truly um, acknowledge the problem and talk about possible solutions. When you make something kind of big, even maybe bigger than it really was, um, they remember it. They remember that. And so the next time they're going to do that, they're going to think twice. And um, you don't have to do it too many times to have it really have a memory there that, okay, I'm not going to hit you anymore. I'm going to use my words. So on to step number 11, which we talked about, encouraging each member of the family to follow their interests and develop their habit, uh, talents. It also helps if you have your own interests. And they see you doing what you love. That is an inspiration to them. And step 12, encourage each member of the family to take time out for quiet time and silence. Each child can find their own unique hideout place. This is so important. In today's world, many times children are very, very busy and they need downtime. So we need to find a... um time in our day when we have that. It might be for 15 minutes before um, dinner, or it might be a quiet time, you know, after you do everything for, um, after you lost my train of thought. There. <laughs> um, it might be after you say your good nights, your, your ritual for, for going to bed, you might give them 15 minutes just to read quietly. You know, they like that sometimes an extra few minutes to do something. So those are the 12 steps. If you want to know more, I'll be doing this class again during the year. You can go to theartoflivinglife.org, theartoflivinglife.org. Another book I'm just going to mention, the peace book by Louis, excuse me, Louise Diamond. The Peace Book by Louise Diamond, 108 Simple Ways to Create a More Peaceful World. Um, For the adults themselves, a beautiful book, Taming the Tiger Within. It's Meditations on Transforming Difficult Emotions, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. And it's only like one to two sentences per page. And you can go very slow. So for somebody who's not a real reader, it's an excellent book. And let's see what else I have here. I'll share one more book of Deepak Chopra's. I've loved it for years. It's called The Seven Spiritual Laws for Parents. Wonderful book. The Seven Spiritual Laws for Parents by Deepak Chopra. So we're going to leave it at that for now. Uh, again, I'm Sharon Wyckoff. And if you have any questions, you can contact me through theartoflivinglife.com. Sorry, .org. Theartoflivinglife.org. And I invite you to, as we close out the program, to really ponder um, something that you might want to shift in your family when you do this and just reflect on what that might be. So when you get to that point, you're going to begin knowing what you want to do. It might be the tone of voice. It might be the hitting of one and one child to against another. 
um, or it might be developing a play area for each of your children. It can be different things in different people. So thanks for listening. And I just invite you to really be present in the moment and to see what takes place in your own life as you go through the reflection on the 12 steps. Because sometimes as you're doing that, you can be a life-changing moment when you see just one thing that jumps out at you. All right. Very good. Have a wonderful week. Bye for now. Just say thank you for every dream come true, for the light that shines in you as often as you can.